Welcome, everybody, to the Arcade Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, a.k.a. Kawaii Guy LA on Twitter. Uh, sitting across from the table from me is Howard. Hello. How you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm good. We're at a fancy table. John is recording this right now. Look at this table. This is this, this fancy. Is, this is the biggest room we could have possibly gotten for this podcast. It's absolutely huge in here. And it's just the two of us. It's just the two of us today. But that's fine, because there's a lot of stuff happening in the gaming world, and a few conversations that we want to have today... Let's kick it off with talking about another game that caught my attention for a long time, and Howard is very, 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 very much in the deep of it, and we talked a bit about it during our BlizzCon episode, but it is Hearthstone. Yes. I want to know all about the Hearthstone and this new expansion that they have going on. All about it. So the newest expansion is called Mean Streets of Gazixan. Gazixan. Gadgetzan. Gadgetzan. Go, go, Gadgetzan. Gadgetzan. There you go. <laughs> And it is the grimy goons. Ooh. And they're all they're all angry and stuff. Okay. It's like gangster goblins. Gangster goblins. Gangster they, goblins. They remind me a lot of the weasels from uh, what was it? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Mm. Like it feels very much like that old timey like mafia vibe. Is that it sort really of what is. it is? Yeah, it's this bad part of Gadgetzan. And there's these three there's basically like three factions. And it brings hundred and thirty two new cards. Uh, some new mechanics, one of which is the Jade Golem. And there's there's basically these cards that every time you summon, every time it, 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 could, it can trigger from a battle cry or a death rattle. Mm. And it summons a Jade Golem. And you might be thinking, okay, fine. It, cards do that, right? Sure. Currently. But the way this works is every every additional time you summon a Jade Golem, it increases its value. So the first time is a 1-1. One, one. Oh. Then and it's a 2-2. Two, two. And then a 4-4? Four, four, then is a 3-3. 3-3. Three, three. Three, three. Okay, so it's... 4-4 four, four, and it continues that up way. Up by so, 1 each time. Yeah, so there's a possibility you can end up with like a 30-30 Jade Golem, which is crazy. And there's some decks that already take advantage of this uh, mechanic. And another interesting mechanic is the tri Triforce or just Tri-Cards? Tri-Class Cards. I think that's what The Triforce called. Cards. It's a blend tri with Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting my... Uh, terminology mixed up <laughs> and these are basically cards that three classes are able to play well that's awesome so it might be you know the ones that cast spells or whatever it might be it could be hunter or uh warlock no no that's not hunter uh what are the other ones hunter warrior and is it shaman something else maybe shaman um, but, you know, for the, the spell... I'm, I'm still waking up, as you can probably tell. He doesn't have a coffee. Oh, I, there is a coffee next There's to him. How full is it? There's a coffee next to me, but it's, it's still a little bit full. So still, I'm, yeah, I'm making my way through. Chug that thing. Um, <laughs> so I've been playing a little bit of the expansion. Haven't played a lot. I did open my 50 packs, mm. and I got some interesting cards. My first legendary was a golden legendary. Wow. Which is my first ever golden legendary. How rare are those? Because I feel like when those pop on streams, people go ape. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's less than a 1% chance. That's fantastic. I think it's maybe even less than a 0.5% chance. It's crazy. Wow. Um, and I was just going bananas when it happened. Of course, I didn't record it, but, you know. Well, you got a photo of it, though, I saw. I did. I posted it on Twitter. And I was very happy about that. Geez, so uh, so how have the mechanics changed in the game? Have you pl you've played matches since now that you've opened your cards? I have. One thing that I've noticed is that the new expansion is less focused on RNG. Okay. Which is nice because one of the previous expansions, I don't remember which one it was, 
it was so RNG heavy. So for the listeners out there who don't know what RNG right. is, break it down. So it basically means random number generator. Yeah. And there are certain mechanics that are possible in a digital card game that really aren't possible in a physical card game like Magic the Gathering where random events occur. Mm -hmm. So for example, you can drop a card and the flavor text could, or the text could be deal six damage across multiple enemies, right? right. That's RNG. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a lot less of that in this expansion, okay. which kind of pushes the focus back on pure skill. So you can select targets on those types of spells, or do those spells exist anymore? Oh yeah, those, yeah. those definitely exist. And there are still cards that have RNG components to them, just right. not as many. And it feels a little bit... It feels a little bit better than the previous expansions. That's great. Yeah, everything that I've been hearing about this is it's getting cleaner. It actually introduces the ability to have more solid builds because I know there's a shaman build out there that just wrecks face if you always come up against it. Right, and there were a few in the last expansion. Priest, for example, mm -hmm. they had no love at all. Right. There were a few decent priest decks, but it was mostly hunters and warriors, I would say, that were just owning everything. I heard somebody saying something about a dragon priest. Deck? Is there, that a yeah. thing? Yeah, I think one of the top rated decks on Hearthpone right now is a Dragon Priest deck. Okay. Um, and they have some really interesting mechanics around dragons. Well, as long as you send in 45 whelps, it will definitely keep uh, Leroy Jenkins at bay, for yeah. sure. Uh, another thing I noticed about Hearthstone, and I saw this in the logo, what happened to the Heroes of Warcraft? So you didn't see it in the logo. Where? It, wait, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Where is it? Did they move it? No, they got rid of it. They, so they got rid of the it? Game, when it launched, it was Hearthstone's Heroes of Warcraft. That's right? correct, yeah. And now it's Hearthstone. That's it. So what does that mean for the game? So when that when that change was discovered, Blizzard didn't announce it, they just kind of did it. When it was discovered probably about a week or two ago, people were confused. Some people said, Oh well, they're probably just streamlining streamlining Wow. Streamlining. See, I need more what, are you, what are you drinking today? What is that? I'm not quite sure. It's in a red cup. But it is, but I don't know what they Is it me. tea? No, it's supposed to be coffee. So, well, you but need to knows? double check with Starbucks, man. I know. <laughs> when, um, so some people thought they were just streamlining the name. And then, you know, the conspiracy theorists out there said, ooh, maybe they're going to bring other Blizzard universes yes, into Hearthstone. Please. And the majority of people were like, no, that's stupid. Why is that stupid? Well, fast forward to this week. Hearthstone has been data mined, and coming very soon, there will be a Diablo tavern brawl. Wait, With what? the Wanderer and different cards. Now, this is going to be like a one-time thing. It's not going to be permanently in the game, but there's a beautiful card back that they're going to be giving away. So I'm is excited your, about So it. is your hero Deckard Kane? Stay a while. Possibly. But if you're Hearthstone, Hearth, there it goes again, Hearthpone. Um, they have a whole datum on. Obviously, there's a lot of spoilers in there, but you can you can see what's coming. Oh, that's that's rad. I mean, I've been wanting it for a while. Where, because I can no longer play StarCraft, I can't keep up with uh, the people yeah. on there. And I love that game. I love the art. And StarCraft Two, I was beyond hyped for. Beat the campaign. Loved it. The multiplayer, I can't do anything with. So where can I do my Zerg? attempting at rushing and i think it's an Hearthstone. give me a zerg deck give me a protoss deck give me a terran deck i think that'd be rad yeah i don't know if they will permanently introduce diablo and, and starcraft into the game mm -hmm. but i think we can we'll definitely see a day where there's additional tavern brawls that kind of touch on different universes within blizzard yeah maybe those will be permanently part of the game 
as a tavern brawl, kind of like the arcade is in Overwatch. Yeah. That could be interesting. What? But I think that the main part of the game will be Warcraft. But that could be wrong. Well, if I think about, like, some, what are some characters from the universe that would work well uh, as heroes? Like, if I think uh, Diablo 2, the Necromancer. Mm-hmm. Great. You got a huge skeletal army or uh, a golem army that you can summon, and those are sort of the creatures that would go along with your deck. Um, if I think, uh, let's just say Terrans, you got your Marines, you got your the flamethrowing Marines, you got your uh, siege tanks that you could send in the middle of battle. That could work. It could. Um, what are some other? Do you but know any characters? Are there enough in each of those games I think to enough. justify like nine different heroes? Sure. I mean, well, you don't even have to do nine different heroes if you treat it like Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Where it started out where you just had your set number of characters and then you introduced more over time. I don't know how many characters they're at now. I, I hopped into a match ooh, probably three weeks ago and I just I was thrown off because when I played one. the demo, uh, it was just Diablo, Raynor, um, was it Jaina? Uh, I forget who else, but it was just like it was very few characters to select from. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm hopping into Dota, which is what it's getting towards. But I feel like... Hearthstone has the capability, and it should be allowed, and I think people should embrace it rather than say, oh, that's stupid, it should just be Warcraft. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you have World of Warcraft. It exists, and you could spend in a lifetime playing that title. Uh, granted, most of it, well, as of the last expansion, will be spending your garrison, uh, but now, thankfully, it's opened up. But I think Hearthstone should be allowed to expand these territories. The one that I don't see fitting anytime soon is Overwatch, just because there aren't really minions Right in the game yet that you yeah. can summon. Each hero obviously has their own abilities, but that's mostly direct abilities. Right. There's nothing kind of in between. But maybe they'll do a tech expansion of some sort. I know Magic the Gathering did one a while back that was artifact heavy, and there was all sorts of artifact creatures and all tons of things. I say, well, how many years ago was that? I was in high school, I think, when that Ooh. came out a while ago oh that was a while ago oh yeah well that was a thing so i figure you can allow mechanics and all that into hearthstone here soon so um are you gonna be streaming it anytime soon yes um well actually we're gonna be streaming on saturday yeah that's true that's and correct and depending on actually what day it's only tuesday it feels like it's friday um yeah i'll probably be streaming at some point during this week i don't know what i'll be streaming probably overwatch yeah uh, i want to climb a little bit in competitive Maybe I'll jump on some Hearthstone because I have that beautiful overlay that I designed that just yeah. sitting around doing nothing. Well, I am going to be streaming tonight. Ooh. Well, as of this podcast recording, it would have been previous, but I do Tuesdays and Thursdays on my channel. Um, so I'm thinking maybe we should do the Heroes of the Storm uh, Nexus Challenge because oh, you have yeah. to be with a friend right, in order to get the thing. Uh, so you can get the Oni Genji skin and a bunch of other items and perks and i guess you get a bunch of characters if you beat 30 games something like that I don't, hey whatever it is whatever saves me money i am down for so maybe we'll do that but blizzard keep on blizzarding you're doing great work we're both beyond obsessed i got my overwatch hoodie laying on my bag right now i got my overwatch wallet and my wife thinks that's all i do anymore well, it's it's not far from the truth it's not far from the truth i was up till 1 a.m last night in competitive and i'm darn proud of my performance okay it went great it was well when i say great my matches were solid i had a higher win than loss ratio uh playing for about five hours and the what did i what did i increase i increased 
about 60 points above where I started, which when you do the balancing back and forth, ends up being okay. And that's the thing is I still don't understand the points mechanisms that are generated for you when you win matches. Yeah, It's 10 points sometimes, it's 60 points another time, it's 30 points another time. You can't really predict it. Last night, because the matches, I guess, were so close, it was only 10 points per match. So very slow burn, but we, uh, I increased. You so. know what I still have to do? I have to get a golden weapon. I'm so close. I'm Wait. at 25, almost 2,600 points. Don't you points. have more? How many stars do you have on your account? Don't you have, are you one, what you call it? When I'm you only, yeah, I'm only 107, I think. Wow. Okay. I know. I give a huge props, by the way, to Candy Dreamer. I logged in last night. Candy Dreamer has two stars on his account. Started after me, a good mo- few months after me. Candy Dreamer, you're rocking it. Keep on rocking it. Uh, I was really impressed to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to get your golden weapon soon. I know. What character are you going to get it then on? I have, yeah, that's that's a big question because originally it was going to be Farah, 100%. Because Well, yeah, that's I your main. Farah, that's, that is my main. I also play Roadhog quite a bit, Reaper from time to time. But now I've been loving D.Va. So but like, D.Va you don't I, really see. You I see, know. That's a, she that's has her true. little Gatling guns, but you don't really see the, well. Yeah, it'll probably be Farah. Get it on Farah because yeah. that's who originally I was going to get mine on uh, until I switched to Lucio and then Ryan. And I'm like, Lucio already looks gold with his gun. But you know what's interesting? Reinhardt also has a pretty golden skin that's not the golden weapon. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I have. Yeah, yeah. I have it on Lionheart, I think it's what it is. Something like that, yeah. And so I have it on there. And then, of course, I have the big golden hammer. So when I walk into a match, people are like, oh, here comes a Ryan that knows what he's doing. <laughs> sort of. Mm. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's fine. Uh, but we're going to be playing all the Blizzard games on our streams. Be sure to check those out. Uh, you can find the links on the Arcade uh, website at fullscreenarcade.com or just go to our Twitter profiles. You can see them on there. Uh, one thing I want to talk about today, because um, I've been seeing a lot about this in the community, and I've got a lot of questions from clients uh, regarding ROM usage um, in recordings. So... Mm. One of the big things in the community, of course, is you know when you play retro titles, if you don't have access to the systems, you play on ROMs. And there are a fair number of legalities. Um, the community rule of thumb has seemed to be if you own an actual copy of the game, you're more than welcome to use the ROM. However, that is not endorsed by the companies. That's of more not. of just a community, hey, we made up this rule, therefore it exists <laughs> type of thing. That sounds about right. Yeah, and... You know, as an extension to that, I've been seeing people modifying the ROMs a lot. You know, my good friends at Starman did not uh, did the fan translation for Mother 3, since we did not receive uh, Mother 3 here in the United States, which is the second uh, game, in, in well, third game in the series of Earthbound titles. Um, but it never got here, so a group of hackers, you know, modified the ROMs so that way we could have it here in the States. Hugely respected in the community for that. Another modern community right now is attempting to modify the 3DS version of Super Mario Maker. So that way people can play online. Mm-hmm. Because that is something of which they did not build into the 3DS version for some reason, I guess. You couldn't share your levels is something that I heard. Um, so they're attempting to hack the mod. And, you know, I apologize if I'm wrong on that, but they're modifying the game right now. And there's a lot of people into these mod communities uh, who are working on things for the 3DS like this. As technology aficionados, how do you feel about this, like, Howard? Like, you know, between the two of us, is like, I think it's a good thing for our community to have the ability to modify equipment, to modify titles in order to explore the titles to their fullest extent. 
from the developer's perspective, it's we made the game as it is. Enjoy it as it is. Don't mess with it. So my, I, I kind of see it from both sides. I definitely see it from the developer's point of view that it's their game, it's their IP. They have the ability to set the rules and the groundworks and that sort of thing and say, no, you can't mod the game because of X, Y, and Z. Now on the, the flip side of thing, I would uh, flip side of things, I would love to see developers embrace modding. Right. You know, one thing I love about No Man's Sky, finally, is that they've come out officially and said, mod the game, have fun with it. Im import 3D models, make different you know, graphic engines or whatever it might be, shading and stuff like that, have fun. Now, of course, that doesn't extend to PS4, it doesn't extend to Xbox, it's only for the PC. Right. But it's tough because I know Nintendo's very, they love their games, they don't like people touching them, and I get it. But I would love to see them embrace that a little bit more. And, you know, it's not a mod, but one thing that's been in the news lately are the World of Warcraft legacy servers. Oh, yeah. I saw a person streaming on one yesterday. I tuned in for yeah. a while. They remind me of a time that I don't like to remember. Yeah. I, I wouldn't really want to play on a legacy server. Or, right. You know, I love the, the state that World of Warcraft is in. But, you know, th this company, Nostralius, I think it is, um, was shut down a few years ago, I want to say, or last year or something like that, because they, you know, they received a cease and desist from Blizzard because they were modifying Blizzard's IP. They were driving people away from the live servers, which was costing them money, and the servers were shut down. And now all of a sudden this week, I think they relaunched those legacy servers, and they're saying, oh, well, because we're in Russia, you can't touch us. Well, that's oh, not, no. that's dirty play. Yeah, but that's not the case. Blizzard can easily sue them if they wanted to. Oh, of course. Well, they I have the money. To I do thought so. they invited those guys to their office to talk. They did. I guess the talk didn't go very well. Oh, it didn't. It reminds me of once again. I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but the member berries from South Park. Member Warcraft. Member. <laughs> member when it was fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like all that. I'm just like, you know what? World of Warcraft was hard. In 2000, was it 2004? Oh, hold on. What? What happened? Calm yourself. What happened? The Overwatch Twitter account just posted an, an invitation. Wait, hang on. on. December 13th, they're going to announce their winter event. Wait, what? Breaking news. Breaking news. That already happened quite a while ago for people who are listening, but it's breaking to us. No, forget it. We are posting this episode today. What is, <laughs> let me see here. Oh, and then Ragnaros is on Heroes of the Storm's test server, by the way. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Where, uh, ah, where is it? On the Overwatch account? Yeah, one minute ago. As I rush through the internets, did they give anything else? No. Well, the, the invitation is a photo of King's Row with snow all over the place. Yeah! So that's a thing. Yeah, retweeting. And it looks gorgeous. Retweeting. I'm this retweeting will go well with my White Reaper skin. Oh, this is so good. So good. I want... Okay, you know, we'll go back to the conversation we were just having. Overwatch <laughs> needs to have weather effects across the board. I feel yes. like, you know, I would love to see Hollywood... Well, actually, it doesn't rain that much in L.A. I would love to see rain in King's Row once in a while. Yeah. I would love to see just weather effects. And this snow makes me super excited. So what day is that saying? December... December 13th, which is next Tuesday, I want to imagine. Oh, so much money will be spent. I'm already throwing my money at my computer. Ah, 
no. So what kind of skins would you want to see? I know we're going way off track. Oh my god, we're going so off track, but it's Road because Hawk, Santa we Claus. just got an invitation. Yeah, okay, so here, here's the question. So Roadhog got the best skin out of the Halloween set. Oh, it's Aside amazing. from, well, Mercy... Yeah, almost led me to do a divorce. Okay, it was <laughs> it was one of those things. Um, but the uh, sorry, Chris, that's yeah, that bad joke. Um, the uh, Roadhog got the the Junkenstein skin. Yeah, and that's the only Halloween themed skin that I'm still using. Right. So I I don't think he's gonna get Santa Claus. I think it's gonna be Deerbjorn is no? gonna get oh, yeah, the because uh, he's got the beard. He's got uh, the little gun that could be something. He could probably be carrying a sack on his back. I, I think that he would be the one to get the Santa treatment. Um, what if his turret is stored in the sack and he just like pulls it out of the sack and oh, it? Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. I see that happening. Um, trying to think who else didn't get skin treatment um, the last time. Oh, Maybe Lucio. Didn't Lucio didn't get Lucio anything. should be like a little elf. Yeah, he got something for the summer games, but he didn't right. get it for Halloween. Yeah, he didn't get anything. And then Diva. Ah. So what could Diva be? What could Diva be? For the holiday season. A big snowball. Ooh. She kind of looks like a snowball. She looks like a snowball. When she explodes, instead of a nuke, it's just a bunch of snowflakes. <laughs> That'd be a cute Death one. Death by snowflakes. Death by snowflakes. So, well, we're excited about that. Well, we're definitely going to be talking about that uh, next week. Well, you'll just see me. I'll be streaming. If that's Tuesday, there's going to be an opening loot box. Of so, course. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, all right, let's talk back to the, the modding conversation uh, with the Goonian, like how No Man's Sky approached it. And uh, I think developers should embrace mm-hmm. the ability to modify. That said, I don't believe it should be a right to the gaming community, or at least a perceived right. The issues with... You know, with No Man's Sky, they were able to modify it from the start. I saw people adjusting flight patterns and all that. For Warcraft, Warcraft Classic was not fun in the fact that it right. required a lot of running. Baron's chant was rampant. It's just like, I don't know if you remember being stuck there, but it yep. was all Chuck Norris jokes all the time. <laughs> of course. Painful, painful, painful experience. And then, of course, Summoning Stones, where you'd have to run... Make sure you get a group of people, or at least one other person, to summon everybody to the instance that you're going to be running through. It was it was not a good experience, but then people are like, you know what? I want to go back to that. I want to try that again. Good for you if you want to do that. You can do that on your own private accord with your own friends and stuff like that. But the ability to monetize it, if you're doing servers for the purpose of monetization, I can't back that unless the developer is behind it. Yeah, of course. And I also think it depends on what the style of game is. You know, No Man's Sky is probably so open to modding because it's, for the most part, a single-player game. Right. But once you get into a multiplayer universe, that all changes. Right. Because all of a sudden, if someone's modding the game, they're giving themselves an advantage, potentially. Yeah. But if it's a single-player game like Minecraft, I say mod away. Yeah, and that's what they have been doing. And so Minecraft is now absolutely huge as a result of modding. Now, and content creators are huge because of modding. Yeah, I heck yeah. One of my largest clients, Popular MMOs, he covers tons of mods in the Minecraft community. He um, so the way you you approach content. Let's say if you are doing a mod based channel and it's within the legal grounds of modification. Now that's a key thing because if you are doing videos about, I, I hate the word illegal, but like mods that aren't supported by the developer. 
they do have the right to take down that content because it because it could be seen as an exploit of their title or showing how to hack their title. Yep. And that is against terms of service. So highly recommend avoiding those types of videos. I know they get views. I know there's ways to that, but expect to be taken down by the developer if they do find it. And don't complain if it has been taken down because it's against their terms. That I saw that yesterday. There was a few people that were that had their channels taken down. They went to Twitter, started ranting. I'm not doing anything wrong. You look at their channel. It is loaded with descriptive tags that are unassociated with their content, thumbnails that are unassociated with their content, and very clickbaity with those red circles around things. You have to be smart with yep. your content. It's. I get the techniques. I know they work time to time, but your channel won't last long. It's a short run game. Be smart about it. Yep. At the end of the day, you're using somebody else's service, somebody else's product, and they kind of control everything. They do. So when it comes to the modern community, keep it to games that embrace it. And when you are doing videos about that, isolate your videos to a singular mod per video. So right. it's all videos work best when it's a single topic. I know people are super fond of roundups. I did one myself yesterday. However, the YouTube platform, since it is heavily based on search, is isolated to a singular term. So let's say even you're playing Batman Arkham Asylum. Instead of doing a full Let's Play or 15 minute or 20 minute or something like that, you could just do, if you wanted to, the fight between Batman and Poison Ivy. And you just do Poison Ivy Boss Battle, for example, is the name of the video, only isolated to that. Because my gut is, if you're playing through a title and you're having trouble finding it, you might search on YouTube how to beat Poison Ivy in Arkham Asylum. That is how you gain views faster on the YouTube platform. Some of the most popular World of Warcraft videos aren't of dungeons at a whole. They're specific bosses within yeah. those dungeons because people get stuck on a boss. They tell their whole raid group, well, go figure this out. Watch this one video. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sit through a whole entire dungeon. You just go straight to that boss. So definitely focus on one specific thing, mm -hmm. um, and that will definitely help YouTube figure out where to rank you. Exactly. And so in the case of mods for World of Warcraft, for example, there's a mod called Deadly Boss Mods. Oh, so uh, good. Which tells you how to run, essentially, your boss fights when you are in a raid or in a dungeon. Um, do a video just about that. Talk about deadly boss mods. That is a valuable asset of Witchwood Surface on YouTube. So explore it a bit, um, but modding community is very large, and there's tons of potential content to create outside of it. Uh, one little piece I'm going to add to this is Nintendo, the wonderful Nintendo, who I love them dearly, but man... Do they know how to just anger community at times when it comes to how they respond to things? Um, they are actually through a platform called Hacker One, uh, which coordinates and offers bounties for uh, finding uh, vulnerabilities and bugs and workarounds and stuff in their titles and software, hardware as well. Nintendo is offering cash rewards to hackers who can identify 3DS vulnerabilities. Now, these rewards are anywhere from $100 to $20,000 for people who can figure out, well, this is a vulnerability in your system. Um, so Nintendo is willing to pay hackers to hack and figure out their system so then they can fix it. I love this. And a, a yeah. lot of companies do this. Facebook does it. Google does it. I think Apple does it. And now Nintendo is doing it. And I think it's great because, you know, the internal team at Nintendo or Apple or Google can only do so much. Mm -hmm. As they, we've seen with YouTube. And as we've seen with YouTube. And they understand the software better than anyone else, which is kind of a, a disadvantage. They're not really looking for those loopholes. 
Whereas, you know, everyday people like you and me, we're not hackers, of course, but we're trying different things, we're experimenting, we're, we know the ins and outs of different software, and, you know, that kind of opens it up to everyone to find these loopholes, and hopefully, you know, if there's money involved, even better. Right. So, I think it's a neat thing if you are a hacker, or you like to call yourself one at least, uh, you would like to check that out. HackerOne is the website, I believe. Let me pull up the address again. Yeah, HackerOne.com if you are interested in submitting these things to Nintendo in exchange for some money on the side. So if you like to hack things, there might be an option for and you. And if you um, if you get that $20,000 prize and you heard it from, from the Arcade Gaming Podcast. Wait, are you trying to get them know? to pay us? Are you trying to get them to toss us a little... 90%. Uh, 90% of yep. the money that they get? 90%. Because we tipped them off? <laughs> I don't think that's reasonable. I'm just kidding. We'll figure Enjoy it out. Enjoy it. Buy lots of Xboxes. Yes, and then give us one Thanks of them. Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy an Xbox because you got Nintendo money. I like this. Uh, as an extension to people who are interested in hacking, modding, etc., uh, often this will lead them to working on games. So if I think of my high school experience, um, I used to create maps for a game called Dark Forces 2, mm. which was a Jedi Knight title. It was available on MSN Gaming Zone, is where most people play multiplayer. And there was a huge modding community through a site called Masasi Temple at the time. Uh, and so I used to create levels which then led me to creating games. Uh, so far to date, I've created four video games, uh, mostly for brand experiences uh, for some pretty pretty awesome people. Um, but now they have a service, let's say if you want to learn more about game development, uh, and it's called Callvention. Callvention, C-A-L-L. C-A-L-L-V-E-N-T-I-O-N, like convention, but with a call. And what it is, is it's a one-on-one conversation with a game developer uh, for $3 a minute. That was the catch. This sounds like uh, those 900 numbers we used to call when we were kids. Except, well, we, we, didn't, we didn't call them. but Except less sexy. Yeah, uh, it sounds like that. It, it, actually, it reminds me a lot of... <laughs> Not only the 900 numbers, but like if you look at the, uh, there used to be the Nintendo hotline. Oh yeah, that I did call. Yeah. And I got in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, because it was similar cost. It was, I think it was $2 a minute or something like that, where you could get tips if you're stuck in Legend of Zelda. Well, how do I get past this? And you had a Nintendo expert mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of the line telling you how to get through it. Uh, well, this is neat because if you want to get into game development or you're curious how they worked on certain levels or getting you know those understandings, there's some wonderful series actually on, I think it's on uh, Double Fine's YouTube channel where they do some interviews with developers. I think I'll find the source for that and I'll post it uh, on Twitter for you to check out. Um, but this convention, you can you know talk one-on-one with a person who helped make a favorite game. And a lot of the games are older titles, to be honest. Uh, but you know, there's developers from Call of Duty 3, uh, from Guitar Hero, Halo. Um, you have people who did Scribble Knots, which honestly, I, I would love to understand how they were able to create a game that was so dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, the Lord of the Rings games, Tony Hawk's Proving Ground. I never played that one. Interesting, I did not. No, but the Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Mm -hmm. I love that title. So love to know, you know, map and all that behind it. Um, South Park Chef's Love Shack. Oh. Yeah, I didn't play that one. Uh, there's a few neat ones. Area 51. Holy crap, that's the first person um, gun shooting arcade oh, that's game. The arcade, yes. Yeah, I played, I played that a lot. Yeah, I lost so much money to that game. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk to that person and be like, hey, so about my quarters, can I get those back? 
he will be like, as nah, you're giving him $3, as I'm giving him three dollars a minute. Uh, oh, and as well as people who worked on Red Dead Redemption and oh. Sonic the Hedgehog three. That's this is really rad. So if you're interested in talking with a game developer uh, or a person who worked on one of these uh, games, you can check out Callvention um, and you know talk to some of the people who worked on these things. I think it'd be really interesting perspectives. Uh, it's if you can't make it to the convention experience and see these people in person, um, here's a nice opportunity to make those connections. That is really interesting. I found that speaking to people in the industry who have done actual things is so incredibly valuable because you may go to school and you may be learning about game development, but chances are your teachers are or your professors are people who haven't necessarily been through all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe they failed at, as a game developer and they just decided to teach. Hey, 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 hey. It okay, happens. it's not it's not failure if you decide to teach. It's a change of path. Sure. That's the nice way of saying. Okay. Um, But speaking directly to somebody, the only thing that is kind of strange to me about this whole concept, other than the $3 a minute thing, is that it's by phone. I would imagine it would be like an internet service. You can sign up for like a waiting list or schedule yourself and then just chat or do a Google Hangout or something. But it's, it's an actual phone call. Is that what it is? Yeah, so here we go. I'm gonna, here's the description. Callvention is where video game fans get to speak one-on-one with their favorite game makers on the phone. Callvention arranges the calls, and you pay a fee for the time you speak with one of your video game heroes. Uh, you get a phone call, not an autograph, from someone who helped make games great. On your call, hear a story, get advice, or just have fun, and pay per minute for your call, which may help fund the speaker's next game. Okay. I... I... The phone call thing bothers me. You want to Skype? You you want a more in person? What's you need to see their face? What's going on here? No, I'm just you know I don't know. Maybe I'm just old, and phone calls are or young. I don't know. Okay, if you're thinking phone calls aren't in your vibe, yeah, I think you need more coffee, sir. I think so. Just phone call. I don't like phones. I think it's neat. Oh, definitely neat. I think it's. I think it's good for the community to have an opportunity to talk with other game developers or connect with other individuals. That's one of the goals and reasons why we created and relaunched, uh, ultimately, Full Screen Arcade mm-hmm. was to connect the gamers within our network and find opportunities for us to connect with them more directly. Um, we should call th- them all. Okay. Well, actually, okay, <laughs> on that accord, it's just like, okay, I can't. Hmm. Talk I per- to an arcade expert for $3 a minute. I personally hate phones. Okay, I'll be honest. I personally hate phones. Uh, I'm fine recording. I'm fine live streaming. I'm fine with all those things. But this is actually, this stems to a a much younger John Brents is what you're going to hear right now. Is when I was six, I received a phone call uh, from a group of girls in my class. Mm. And they pretended to be the girl that I had a crush on. And it wasn't her. Now, little John couldn't tell voices apart on the phone. I still have the same problem. Oh. See? And this is why I can't do phone calls. Because I don't know who I'm talking to. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. Sort of does. Okay. All right. Well, it stems from a place of anxiety, okay? This has been John's Anxiety Minute here on the podcast. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I'm not going to do calls, okay? But I think they should. I think if you're interested in games... And if you want to take part in Callvention, you have the full right. Yes. Oh, God, Howard, you make me so angry about this. Uh, so check it out, callvention.com, if you are interested in that. Uh, I'm seeing if there's anything else that I missed. Pokemon in the world. Go. It's still a thing. 
No, it's not. It's still a thing. I threw my phone out. It's over. Well, you can grab your phone again because you're going to call some game to Nah, I threw it in the river after I couldn't catch that Magikarp. Well, well, you may be able to catch something at Starbucks and not just diseases. What? Wait, did that happen? No. Nobody nobody got diseases at Starbucks? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, geez. It's probably happened at some point. Oh, no. But there was a leaked confidential memo that was sent out to Starbucks baristas or baristas this morning. And I love this leaked image. Right at the top in big red letters, it says confidential. Confidential? And it was leaked. Wait, so what, what, was, what did it say on it? What's, what's happening at Starbucks? So, presumably, Thursday, December 8th, which okay. is this Thursday. Okay. Or if you're listening to this next week, it's last Thursday. Okay. There's going to be a Starbucks event where they're going to be releasing a Pokemon Go Frappuccino. Wait, what? A po- yeah, it's apparently... It's a, a Pikachino? No, it's not yellow. It should be. But apparently it's red. Okay. And there's like whip on top of it. And it's there's a, a straw. Char- Charmandino? Maybe it's a blended Charmander. I don't know. Actually, it looks like the color of a Ditto. So it could be anything. Oh. Anything. Wait, it's purple? It's kind of purple. Ugh. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know if I want to drink a Ditto. Yeah. But the majority of Starbucks around the United States will be turned into either gyms or Pokestops. And there will be events and that sort of thing. There's still not that much information around it. But okay. But something's happening this Thursday at Starbucks. And there's also rumors that additional Pokemon will be released this Thursday. Interesting. And I'm wondering if you can only catch them at Starbucks. Because they did that event at, was it San Diego Comic-Con? Mm. Where they had a legendary Pokemon show up in Hall H uh, at, during their conversation. It was limited to the room or oh, something really? like that where you had to connect and get it there. Or at least that's what they had announced. I don't know if they ended up doing it, but that was the rumor that was going around. And I'm wondering if they could just geotag creatures to Starbucks locations. They can. And Starbucks might be one of their best bets if they're looking to have this mm. across the United States because there are Starbucks on every damn corner. Well, worldwide. Yeah. In Japan, too, they're everywhere. Yeah. So, interesting. It still doesn't come close to the trailer for Pokemon Go where people, like, stormed uh, Times Square in New York. Oh, yeah. they had on the big screens. That would be something. If they can organize events like that in stadiums or something across the country and then like simultaneously 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 yeah ran like events on jumbotrons and stuff like that where you're all working together as a country to catch a legendary pokemon dude i would i would love that because that reminds me of any of the world's events with league of legends and just like those stadium type of experiences if there's just a giant pokemon in the center that everybody is just tossing things at. Yeah. Or, ooh, there's one Pokemon in the area, and whoever catches it first catches it. Oh, that would be that would start brawls and yeah. riots. Yeah, um, that's what I want to see. Because I want to see the Pokemon battle that occurs between the trainers after <laughs> oh the fact. Oh, my gosh. I think that would be fantastic. We'll have that in Texas. Oh, gee. So this is what day on Starbucks again? It's going to happen this Thursday? December 8th. Yeah, this Thursday. Apparently. Uh, this could be very fake, but it looks quite legit. Well, I don't trust anything on the internet anymore, to be honest. Yeah. It's things that look like legit end up being completely faked. But I have a Starbucks that's like walking distance from my apartment, and then we have one right here yeah. across from the office, so I think we should take all of our meetings there. Actually, we're Thursday, we're not going to be in the office. No, we're not. Well... Time to cancel that meeting.
I don't think we can. Too bad. All right. We're going Pokemon catching. As long as my wife doesn't go into labor on Thursday, I'm catching Pokemon. What if, what if, what if, while she's in labor, you still run to Starbucks to catch your Pokemon, and she's just there with her phone? You get a call from the hospital, and they're like, "Hey, uh, uh, where are you?" And you're like, "Um, you know, just, uh, you know, just catching Pokemon." <laughs> just, I, I can see myself doing that. Just <laughs> hold the baby in for another few minutes. And she can too. I know she can. Uh, well, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm not a Pokemon Go player anymore, but I will gladly get a Pokemon-themed drink. I kind of miss our Pokemon walks that we had at the office. Yeah, those didn't go on for too long. No, because it got boring and... It just kept getting the same thing. Yeah, it was... But it got us exercise. Yeah, but I was tired of Pidgey pellets or whatever. I kept trading in the candy. Chopping them up and trading them in for candy. Pidgey poop? Pidgey poop, that's it. We'll just call it Pidgey poop. Uh, well, that's it for this week. Uh, we will be streaming uh, on... Well, I'll be streaming Tuesday and Thursday this week, uh, as well as on Saturday morning, where we'll be giving away an Elgato HD60S capture card, which is perfect for Xbox and PlayStation systems. We're still trying to figure out the logistics of that giveaway. Yeah. But an Elgato will be given away. It'll likely be announced... The winner will likely be announced Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Perfect. Um, we still don't know exactly how the winners are going to be chosen, but there's going to be the Gleam contest. There's a lot of legalities that go on behind the scenes with giveaways and stuff like that, so we're working with our legal team on that. But it will be given away, and we will have information about it during our stream on Saturday. Awesome. And if anything, you can just watch us suck at Overwatch. Hey, there you go. And we and congratulations to our first winner uh, in our series so far. Um, ZZ Kids TV won the World of Final Fantasy. Or yeah. World, yeah, World of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So congrats. Um, so congrats to them. And we have giveaways going all throughout the rest of the month. So yep. be Today sure to get those. we have an Amazon, $25 Amazon gift card. And tomorrow, if I can spoil things, we have an Ember Steam code. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Well, enter those contests. Check it out at fullscreenarcade.com or on Twitter at ArcadeGaming. That does it for us this week. Uh, I am John. You can find me at Kawaii Guy L A K W A I I G U Y L A on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube as just Kawaii Guy. And I am Howard Howard Pinsky. Twitter Twitter handle is at Pinsky. Instagram is Howard Pinsky. Birth date and phone number, please. Social security. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We will see you next time. Take care, everybody. See ya.